0: while everybody's getting seated. Um, people ask about Aborigines and and will it last and how they're going and I just thought maybe, just for the moment, maybe Sister Myra and Sister Eileen just stand up please. Maybe you can't see Myra and she stands up but <laughs> just over the back there. Some of you might have been here on the 27th of December 1991 when uh, Myra and Eileen were baptised here on the sea at Karakalinga. Fourteen years later, strong in the Lord and couldn't wait to come to camp. They wanted to sing, and we'll get that organised over the next few days. Things have been a bit busy up till now to organise it, but... um, there were four ladies baptised that day, one has gone to sleep in the Lord, one is out on the lands and rings me up on a regular basis and Myra and Eileen live in Coober and come to all the meetings. Myra was 78 this year. Reminds me, I was in Singapore last month in November and there was a lady I met there, she came to the Lord when she was about 17 years of age, 17 years ago and she just continued on in the Lord and as a result of that, in July this year, her... Um, Mother came to the Lord, was baptised and Spirit-filled, a Chinese lady. As a result of the wonderful change in her life, in October, her mother came along, and was baptised and filled with the Holy Spirit. And on the 4th of December, that lady was 99 years of age. Never give up. I shook her hand, and in fact, I kissed her hand. It was really special. She loved it, and um, and uh, she's faculties, faculties all there. It was just just marvellous to see. This young teenager, 17 years old, soldiering on the Lord, and as a result of that, a 99-year-old lady comes to know the ways of God. In Cuperpedia, there's um, 13 um, white people there and about the same number, sometimes a few more, sometimes a few less, Aboriginal people, and uh, just happily rejoicing on there. Um, Gordon and Ingrid and their daughters Sharon and Kim Giles have just moved from Maryborough to live in Cuperpedia, and they're loving it, and we're very happy to have them on board. Somebody said, what a sea change. I can imagine people going from Coober Pedy to the Queensland. I can't imagine people going the other way around. But uh, they're happy in the fellowship. Um, you know, I've been a bit busy today. I did not have time to get changed. But it just reminded me of when I was driving home one night in Coober Pedy recently and listening to 891 on the radio. And, and the commentator was interviewing a man named the Reverend Brendan Chaplin. And a little bit tongue-in-cheek, I suppose, but he, this man is the, uh, is the chaplain of the Port Adelaide football team, Port Power. And um, they said that 15 of the teams have got chaplains. Uh, only the, the Crows haven't got one. Maybe that shows, I don't know. But uh, they reckon all the others have got uh, chaplains. And, and the interviewer said, well, what do you do now? he runs around, trains with the players and helps with them and so on. he said, cheekily, he said, do you pray for them to win? And the guy said, oh, yes. And he said, well, that's not very fair on God, is it? I guess the other chaplains are playing for their team to win too. So what's the Lord supposed to do? And, of course, the Lord's not really interested in any of those things, is he? But um, he was also having a go at this man. I don't know about a go, but he was. He said, I hear, Reverend Brendan Chaplin, that um, um, you, uh, you're pretty casual. He said, oh, yeah. He said, I hear that you you preach with an open neck shirt and wear jeans to church Baptist church up Blackwood way somewhere and he said oh yeah people love it that way and he said don't you ever wear a tie and he said well yes I do he said when I want to go to the football I wear a tie <laughs> and he said he said that's the uniform and so here's a crew that uh, um, a lot of people talk about them being warfies, and they've got to wear a tie uh, to uphold the standard but when he comes along to preach the word of God, sort of anything goes, and uh, I guess that's typical of what's going on in the world round about us. A lot of people don't hold this Bible in the esteem uh, that it should, that they should. Um, today, Mr. Um, Kerry Packer died. Heard on the radio, Kerry Packer was 94 and the richest hundred men in the world according to Forbes and Australia's richest man. And and I had a book here that. Um, in 19, October 1990, he was playing polo, and he slumped forward on his horse and um, arms hanging down like a cavalry man been shot by the Indians. He had a heart attack, and uh, they didn't have a defibrillator there. There's only one out of every 20 ambulances in New South Wales have them. And uh, when you have this problem, in cases of cardiac arrest, you have about six minutes maximum to get your heart beating before, again before you get permanent brain damage. And um, so they called uh, an ambulance and there was one on a hoax call and that just happened to come in there and they put this defibrillator on him after seven or eight minutes and got him going again uh, back in 1990. And as a result of that, he he put these whacker packer packer whackers, they call them, in all the ambulances in New South Wales and all the people are singing his praises and what a great guy he is and all that sort of thing. I don't think the tax department thought so. But... Um, um, he had this um, experience of um, seven or eight minutes supposedly dead and for most being close to death can be a mystical, life-changing experience Will Packer now be different after shaking hands with the Almighty? It seems not. I've been to the other side he informs people and let me tell you son, there's nothing there in rather more colourful terms than that he did and, uh, well, he's got a shock in store for him, hasn't he? Nothing there. He died and come back to life, there's nothing there. Eat, drink, drink and be merry for tomorrow we die. Um, well, we can be happy here and we are. Praise the Lord. Well, something else I noticed here. Um, according to those who know him best, he's interested as ever. He was in turning one million into one billion. His enrichment hasn't diminished his avarice in any way. Australia's richest man still wants more. No doubt he'll get it. The rise and the rise of Kerry Packer is not over yet. Well, it is over now. And um, (coughs) we don't need to... (laughs) We don't need to be envious of any of these people, and all the people say. These people are searching for happiness, and they can't find it. Let's turn to John chapter 18. John chapter 18 and verse 37. Pilate therefore said unto Jesus, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You said that I'm a king. You're the one that's telling the story. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth, everyone that is of the truth hears my voice and um, Jesus being a king, it was controversial then it 's controversial now. The wise men came to the tomb uh, to the um, to the uh, to the uh, birthplace in Jerusalem in Bethlehem from east of Jerusalem, they said, "Where is he that is born king of the Jews and uh, that was what they were talking about with jesus right at the beginning he was a king and people today don't want to think about jesus as a king in fact they don't want anybody to be a king they don't want anybody to reign over them to rule over them everybody wants to do their own thing make their own rules like this man he could everybody in the palm of his hand to bring governments down and he and his father and his grandfather you read the stories of them and they were shady guys verse 38 pilate said unto jesus what is truth and so, in these um, couple of lines there, Jesus said he came to we- bear witness unto the truth. If we have the truth, we'll hear his voice. And Pilate said, What is truth? And many people today haven't got a clue what truth is. I looked it up in the dictionary, it's amazing. Ten different definitions for truth in accordance with fact or reality, not false. In accordance with reason or correct principle or standards, genuine, not spurious, nor counterfeit. Three, accurately con- conforming to type. Four, true of a voice in perfect tune, a true voice. We heard some of those tonight. Five, loyal, constant, adhering faithfully to one's worth. You know what you should be doing and live up to that. Six, of a beam in correct position, balanced, upright or level. So it's true when it's placed where it should be. Seven, not giving to lying, honest as true men. True bill is a bill of indictment sustained by evidence. So true blue, a person of uncompromising principles or loyalty. Uh, I conducted a funeral up uh, on the lands a couple of years ago and there was a man who... um, I used to work for R.M. Williams and he had a pair of boots named after him and he was living on this Aboriginal community and for the sake of the Aborigines, they wanted me to conduct the funeral and um, so it was an opportunity to witness to them. And uh, the people that knew him said he wanted um, True Blue played at his funeral. So they put the tape on and True Blue. Sounded like John Williamson up here tonight, didn't it? Is it me? Is it you? Is it mum or dad? Is it a cockatoo? Is standing by your mate with his, when he's in a fight. Do you know that one, or Vegemite. But in that verse, uh, in that song, the second verse says. And um, they played this, and then I sort of used this uh, as the words in the funeral. The coffin was in front of me, all the people around there. I said, just been listening to uh, to this uh, fellow's favourite song, and it said in there. Give it to me straight, face to face. Are you really disappearing? Just another dying race. And that's what's all around about us. True blue. And everybody's got to face their maker one day. They need to be ready. This guy's trying to say there's nothing there. Praise the Lord. There's something prepared for us there. Right? The Bible says, Jesus said, we're going to enter into what is prepared for us, the angels and for us. And the others, the goats that are going to be separated, they're going to go to the other place. And what Jesus said there... To the place that was prepared for the devil and his angels. Not just an afterthought, just a nothing, not a nothing place that's just sort of just nothing at all. A place prepared for the devil and his angels. And those that are the goats variety, that's where they're going. We're going to something which we can't imagine what it's going to be like. It's prepared for us. Hallelujah! The alternative is also prepared, it's not just something you stumble over and it's there the lord knows what he's doing the third verse says don't say you've gone say you've knocked off for a smokeo, and you'll be back later on well that guy wasn't coming back and when the, we drew our last breath well that's it we must stand before our maker there's no coming back later on no opportunity to say well we muffed it let's have another go the fourth verse says can you bear the load Will you tie it up with wire just to keep the show on the road? Is that your life? Any here today, that are tonight, that are not filled with the Holy Spirit and trying to convince yourself that everything's okay? Is your spiritual life, like this guy was singing about, tying up the load with wire just to keep the show on the road? And maybe you can continue on for a few more years. This guy carried on for a few more years, but didn't matter how much money he had, he couldn't keep the show on the road he had an appointment with his maker we got that appointment too praise the Lord as an adverb truly tell me true and ten is um, a verb to bring such as a wheel into exact position or form required it used to have a lot to do with push bikes and I prided myself to be able to get a wheel true you spin it so there's no wobbles this way and no wobbles up and down and uh, to bring it into true, into balance, into harmony and so true is a pretty substantial word no wonder Pilate didn't understand what is truth and Jesus spoke about it there he was the one who was going to bear witness unto the truth the truth is that if you are prepared to cast your lot in with the Lord he's going to reward you one day soon we're surrounded by people where the truth is um, is very shaky, out the window half-truths and half-truths not a truth at all and maybe um, we come to a point where we sort of accept that well a little bit of deception here or there and is okay you know where, where stories like the guy, that the farmer was going along the road well what happened, he was in the court he was looking for compensation because he'd been in an accident and he wanted some compo. and um The um, lawyer for the insurance company got up and he said, Your Honour, this is a total waste of time. He said, I have evidence. Uh, The policeman that was at the scene of the accident, he said that this man said he's never been better in his life. This is a total waste of your time. The judge said, well, you better go. And and the man said, please, for a moment, can I just listen to me for a moment? What happened was I was going down the road with my car and my truck with my dog in the front seat with me and I was pulling the horse trailer with my horse in the back right speed everything and some lunatic come out of a side road didn't look where he's going didn't give way to his right he pulled straight in front of me and i had to stand on the brakes and take evasive action he just took off and trying to control this in the trailer i ran into a tree and everything was pretty well smashed up policemen come along and poor old dog was in the front seat there and broken leg and crying and barking and the policeman come and shot the dog and to put out of its misery, and he went around the back to the trailer and the poor old horse is thrashing around got a broken back, and so he had to put the gun to the horse's head and put him down. And then he came round to the driver and he said, "How are you going?" And he said, "I never felt better in my life." <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so what is truth? <laughs> and we're just sort of overwhelmed by all these sorts of things all the time with people making excuses for what's not quite right and we don't want to be like that let's go to John chapter 1 and verse uh, 43 The day following Jesus would go into Galilee and he found Philip and he said unto him, follow me. Pretty simple, the Lord calls us to follow him. Now Philip was a beside of the city of Andrew and Peter and Philip findeth Nathanael and he said unto him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now this is what the Jews were waiting for for hundreds and hundreds of years. Every time they went to the synagogue, they were talking about the Messiah, the saviour, the one to come and Philip said he's come we found him, the good news is here, it's arrived and that's what we're trying to tell people all the time most of them don't want to know some do, Nathaniel was excited Nathaniel said unto him can any good thing come out of Nazareth and Philip said unto him come and see so Nathanael wasn't uh, he wasn't too sure but he was prepared to give it a go, he wanted to find the saviour he wanted to know him He had a good heart. Just like on the day of Pentecost. Those that gladly received the word were baptised. They got baptised not because it wasn't begrudgingly because they had to. They gladly got baptised. That's what Nathaniel's attitude was. Well, I better go and check it out. If it's not right, well, it hasn't cost me anything. But if it is, that's what I'm waiting for. That's what I'm looking for. That's the most exciting thing that uh, can happen to me in my life. And Jesus, when he saw Nathaniel coming to him... Verse 47, he said unto him, not hello, how are you going? How are you feeling or anything like that? Jesus said to him, behold, an Israelite in whom, indeed in whom there is no guile. Maybe not just to Nathaniel, but all the people around about. Look at this man. There's no half measures here. There is no guile. There is no deception. There's no trying to be a bit tricky here and there. There's no half truths, no white lies, no fibs. What you see is what you get in this man. And Jesus presented him. Look at this man, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. Almost as if Jesus was surprised to find somebody like that. That's how he wants to find you and I. But if we're looking to be hiding things and putting things, you know, sweeping them under the carpet and so on, well, it'll catch us out in the end. We want to be people in whom there is no guile. And Nathaniel said unto him, how do you know me? Never met you before. How can you say this? How can you make an assessment of me and my character when we've never met before? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? It's pretty amazing you shall see greater things than these what do you need to believe here it was just Jesus said I saw you over there and the guy recognised Nathaniel recognised this was the saviour and there were people with all sorts of miraculous happenings before them and still they won't believe I said to somebody today in the group here in the wedding, and praise the Lord, it was a good time. I said we go out into the streets and we preach to whosoever will, everybody to come in. We tell them the Lord can heal them. If the message that we preach was not true, we would finish up with a congregation full of people that were sick and schizophrenic, all mixed up. Instead of that, I see the opposite. I see people getting their lives in order. Of course, there are some with some difficulties. That's what it's about. We're all marching on to glory and and fixing up these things. But instead of it being a downward uh, trend, this is upward where the Lord is working in your life and mine, all the people say. Amen. It's a wonderful testimony. When people look and they see so many people and young people, excited and happy, just joyous, it is good news. And still they don't come along. This man come only because Jesus, I saw you under the fig tree. Um, so if you have not made your peace with the Lord, well, he sees you wherever you are. And you come without guile. You just look to put down any deception and those sorts of attitudes in your life. And uh, the Lord will bless you wonderfully. You shall see greater things than these. You'll rise to meet the Lord in the air. But we are surrounded by all sorts of argument and half-truths and debates and people put this argument, it sounds right, they put that argument, that sounds right and we don't know what to believe. A couple of weeks ago the Parliament adjourned after the most tempestuous session in 30 years and the Leader of the House said it's the typical last day of Parliament emotions are heightened and the opposition is feral, unreasonable but it will all be correct with the valedictories in other words everyone will afterwards shake hands and talk and And all this just a game. What's the truth in calling each other mugs and liars and everything else and then they go shaking hands? We think it's bad. In 1653, Oliver Cromwell dissolved the English Parliament and he said, "'It's high time for me to put an end to your sitting in this place, "'which you have dishonoured by your contempt of all virtue "'and defiled by your practice of every vice.' You are a factious crew and enemies to all good government. You are a pack of mercenary wretches. Is there a single virtue now remaining amongst you? This is the parliament he's talking to. Is there one vice you do not possess? You have no more religion than my horse. (laughs) Which of you have not bartered your conscience for bribes? You are grown intolerably odious to the whole nation. You were deputed here to get grievances redressed. Are ye not yourselves become the greatest grievance? Depart immediately, go, get you out, make haste, ye venal slaves, be gone. Take away that shining bauble there and lock up the doors. And all the people said, (laughs) hear, (laughs) hear. And so we feel that we're surrounded by all sorts of controversies. That was 402 years ago, same thing. The nature of mankind doesn't change. Oh, for more people like Nathaniel an Israelite in whom there is no guile. The Apostle John recorded this little story about uh, uh, Pilate and Jesus, what is truth. And John used through his gospel many times what he did in verse 51 of that chapter. He said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Verily, verily, or truly, truly. John said, these are not just empty words. He emphasised it. This is true. That's what we're going to see. That guy says there's nothing there. Well, hallelujah, there is. That's where Jesus went to. Back to his father's right hand. And he sees us and he cares for us and he lives inside of us. Verily, verily, there's no doubt about this. You march on with the Lord and you'll go to glory. In the Gospel of John... I had a quick look through and I counted 22 times that John uses verily, verily. And whether I got them all or not, truly, truly, this is the message that we preach. Not just waffling on about nothing. True things. Important things. Not like the politicians. Chapter 3 of John. Everybody knows verse 16 and I mention this often in Coober Piti. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life and probably the most uh, commonly read and known well known verse in all of the Bible but uh, people that would quote that would uh, rarely dare to read what it says back verses 3 to 8 almost the same breath same page opening in the book here of course that verse 16 is very right very correct and accurate it all hinges on what believing means and we know that believing is not just empty words, not just fairy floss, it's really something of substance, but Jesus said in verse 3 he answered Nicodemus verily, verily I say unto you except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, this is a deep truth truly, truly, and of course he repeated himself, not just verily, verily in verse 5 he said it again Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Could Jesus have emphasized this anymore? I don't think so. To tell us this is such a deep truth. And if people want to hang on to verse 16, surely, surely they cannot cut out of their Bibles those that we, um, that we read there. Jesus prefaced verses 3, 5, and... Um, um, um where are we? And 11, three, five, and eleven. Verily, verily, I say unto you, we speak that which we do know, and testify that you have seen and you receive not our witness. All right. John was saying we saw marvelous things. Nathaniel, because Jesus said, I saw you under the tree, he believed and followed the Lord. And here, marvelous things and still people won't follow, truly truly, so we don't have to get too worried when people don't uh, respond Um, just continue on we know that we've got the truth just rejoice in it and just every day do what you can to serve the Lord chapter 5 verse 24 verily, verily, I say unto you He that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but he has passed from death unto life. Again, the great emphasis, verily, verily, truly, truly, if we believed in the Lord and we received the Holy Spirit, well, death has no more claim over us. Satan is rendered powerless in our life. We have passed from death into life. Praise the Lord. Not just another verse. That's the verse like a red spot special. Truly, truly. Don't have to worry, we've gone. Death is no claim. We've risen above this uh, life and and the restrictions and constrictions of uh, of our body and so on. We've passed into life. Verse 24, was it? Um, Um. 25. Again, verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they shall, they that hear shall live. It seems to me that John is, is, is doing all that he can to make people stop and pay attention, to get into their heads the deep truth of this. We're not just waiting and hoping it's going to be okay. If you're filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, truly, truly, you pass from death into life and... You shall go to be with the Lord. We shall live. Chapter 6, verse 53. <clears throat> <clears throat> and Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Of course, he's talking about uh, our communion time eating his flesh and drinking his blood and so many people think oh well I get to commune when I can it doesn't really matter this verse is prefixed with verily verily don't skip communion services again this is a red light special as far as uh, John's gospel is concerned verily verily some people well come to communion I went last week why should I go this week I'll go next week and and um no, one day they're going to miss out. You must eat of his flesh and drink of his blood, otherwise you have no life in you. There was a... Uh, my father was not, um, not a religious man at all. My mother very much so, and still is. But uh, um, my father must have really loved my mother too they got married a mixed marriage and the catholic church and the side chapel there and the shame of a mixed marriage and all that sort of thing and um, had to sign a promise to bring up all of his children as catholics and give them a catholic education and all that sort of thing seven of us and he was really um, dedicated to what he did he never come to the lord and that's a great uh, chagrin to me but um, there was a song on hip rage years ago and and uh, he used to play it over and over and it, it was, uh, I can't remember even who sang it uh, do what you do, do well son. do what you do, do well and uh, I guess it's good it says it was a man with a mighty big heart, but a simple philosophy I think the song said whatever we do, let's do it well and that's what John is trying to get the message across to us here truly, truly, don't be half-hearted don't be all slacko in any part of our life I don't know how a person can be, be lazy and half-hearted in the natural things of life and be 100% for the Lord. That sort of makes a bit of a split personality. I reckon that, that um, if you're going to be really full-on for the Lord, you're going to be dedicated in the other things in your life as well, your relationship with people, the way that you, that you look after your house and, and, uh, and your family and, and your job and, and all those sorts of things do what you do, do it well. Uh, Chapter 8 and verse uh, 58. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Many people just trying to say that Jesus was just another one of the prophets just uh, another one of the prophets a good guy and so on but not the son of God well that's not what Jesus said and again the red light's flashing here verily verily this is a deep truth it's profound we don't make any apologies I was just saying up at Elizabeth's uh, meeting on Sunday had a good time up there at the communion service and um, um, I just mentioned uh, about up at Baxter Asylum um the uh, detention centre up there last year and, and uh, one of the churches in, uh, I think, Port Perry uh, felt sorry for the kids in the detention centre and missing out on Christmas and so they're taking all the Christmas presents along for the kids that um, parents don't believe in Christmas because they're Muslims, you see. They didn't want the kids to feel left out. And, uh, well, that's, that's fine. i have got no problems with that. But at the same time for the adults that were there that were feeling a bit miserable they are giving them a copy of the Koran for Christmas something's upside down they think with a good heart and a good attitude we feel for these people and so on but that's not truth Paula said what is truth and Jesus tells us that the words in red every one of these that are reading tonight is in red the words of Jesus, this is what the truth is don't be sidetracked as people with glossy uh, presentations get you to sometimes think that well other things are okay it's not okay before Abraham was, I am. There is salvation given under, the, under heaven by no other name than the name of Jesus. We read, and uh, if the Lord wants to save anybody else, hey, that's His business. I've got no problems with what He wants to do, but He doesn't give me the right to tell anybody that's saved without being filled with the Holy Spirit. And all the people say, "Amen." Um, chapter twelve. Verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone, but if it die, it brings forth much fruit. In other words, we need to be baptised. We need to bury our old life in the waters of baptism that we can produce what the Lord wants to emanate from us as his ambassadors. And again, verily, verily. Don't think there's any other way. Don't think that you can have your old life and your spiritual life as well. One or the other. You make your choice, you make the decision. We made the decision, and we've proven that because we're here tonight. And many just rejoicing and carrying on and hallelujah, so said it's marvelous for me to see our sisters fourteen years walking on in the Lord and just happy to be here. If you haven't said hello to them, say happy birthday to them. We've sacrificed our life that we might bring forth much fruit for the Lord. Chapter fourteen. There's um, all sorts of, uh, as I said, half-truths and so on. There was um, a, a, a fellow from Maiponga, I think. He's a bit of a an uh, uh, poet, and he, he, he wrote a book of poetry. And in it, apparently he's travelling around a caravan park, uh, parks around the country, and, and uh, he, he wanted to buy water because the water's not always the best in different places. So he bought water. And he said to the checkout lady, he said, how come? He said, there's the Mountain Spring and there's the Mount Franklin and there's the French Evian and there's this and that water and then there's home brand and he said and the home brand is half the price of all these other brands how can that be she said i don't really know sir and he said maybe they water it down (laughs) (laughs) we're not going to water down the gospel all right and we're not going to water down this verse chapter 14 verse 12 verily verily Jesus said I say unto you he that believes on me the works that I do shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my father. Now, maybe when you first come along you might um, shy away from that verse a little bit. You think it's just too much. You think maybe somebody else but not really me. Well Jesus said verily, verily truly, truly if you believe on him and you walk being led by the Holy Spirit the things that Jesus did that we read of in his Bible are going to happen in our lives as well and we see the marvellous testimonies there's opportunity for greater works or more works because there's many more of us than there was of Jesus people wanted the miracles of God, they had to go to where Jesus physically was and now, well there's a whole hall full of people here today where the same miracles can take place in the lives of other people because of what we believe truly truly verily verily it's emphasised and I just wanted to go through those verses tonight that you might realise that uh, John wanted to make a point of this and short of as I said perhaps red light flashing away there maybe he couldn't have made it more uh, prominent you have looked through the Gospel of John I found 22 maybe there's more where he says verily verily you read them Believe them, act upon them, and um, wonderful things will happen in your life. All the people say. Praise the Lord. Prayer time. (coughs) (coughs) It is true what we read, and if you need prayer answers...